I invite you to turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 39. We've been teaching a series on uh, uh, stories in Genesis, and we want to conclude this, the uh, series tonight with the story of Joseph. And um, uh, I, I trust that everybody has uh, heard the story of Joseph. We're not going to get into some of the details about what happened and how it happened and so forth. But I'd rather spend the time talking about Joseph being a type of Jesus. One of the things, I've made the statement before, perhaps you heard me say it, uh, Joseph is one of the people in the Bible, one of the only people in the Bible that I have a hard time relating to. I mean, this guy was so on top of it. He was so never miss it kind of kind of guy. I, I can't relate to that. I've missed it too many times in my life for, to be able to relate to this guy. And under the most adverse circumstances, he was just as solid as a rock. He's a great example for us. But it's almost like he's inhuman. It's almost like the Bible's leaving some things out about his life. And, of course, he wasn't perfect and he wasn't without sin. But whatever his sin was, we don't know what it is. Whereas most of the, well, every other story that I'm aware of in the Bible, the Bible always shows us everybody warts and all, if you know what I mean. It'll show us their, their, um, uh, their failures. It'll show us their weaknesses. And it'll show us their victories. Well, with Joseph, there's only victories. He's um, uh, the subject of ill treatment unjustly, but, um, but, but there's nothing that, that really is, uh, takes place in his life as a result of his own hand. He's just, um, uh, the guy's just perfect. Well, it's because he's a type of Jesus, and there are over a hundred times, a hundred different ways, specific points where Joseph is a type of Jesus. So I'm going to focus on those things. I'll remind you that in Genesis chapter 37, it tells us the story of how his brothers sold him into slavery. That's a type of the Jews rejecting Jesus and turning him over, delivering him over into the hands of the Romans for crucifixion. Chapter 38, instead of continuing the story of Joseph, tells us about the the, uh, events that took place in Judah's life. Now, the reason for that. Everything the Bible says in the Old Testament is given to us for types, there's types and shadows. So the meaning of chapter 38 is telling us the, the, um, uh, that which is a type of the Jews. The tribe of Judah, literally the, the head of the tribe of Judah. Uh, there's several things in there. We won't go through all of them tonight. We talked about them last time. But it tells us about his unfaithfulness with his, his daughter-in-law. And the two children, the twins that were born as a result, one, Pharez, which means breach, typifies the part of Israel, the natural part of Israel that rejects Jesus and will miss out on the salvation that he came to bring. But one had the scarlet thread tied around his wrist, which symbolizes the remnant of Israel, the nation of Israel, that will be saved and delivered even as Rahab and her family was delivered when, Jer- when Jericho was destroyed. Then it brings us to chapter 39. I'll start reading in verse 1. It says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an, office, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. And he made him overseer over his house and all that he had put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house 
and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught what he had, save or except the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. Now, it starts off telling us about uh, Joseph in Egypt. And he, these are the types of Jesus, uh, or Joseph is a type of Jesus in the hands of the Gentiles. First thing it mentions in verse 1 is Joseph becomes a servant. Well, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 that Jesus humbled himself and took upon himself the form of a servant. He, didn't come, he said himself that he didn't come to be served but to be a servant unto many. The second thing that it mentions about Joseph is the hand of the Lord is upon him. Just as we see that Nicodemus in John chapter 3 comes to him by night and says, Master, we know that the Lord is with you for nobody can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. It was evident that the hand of the Lord was upon Joseph just like it was Jesus. He's a type of Jesus because he gained authority over all that his master had. Jesus operated here on the earth in great authority to the degree that it astonished people when he operated as such. It astonished people because he taught about authority. The next point is that he became a blessing to all of his master's house. Well, Jesus was a blessing to the Gentiles. It tells us even while he was here on the earth in his earthly ministry that the Gentiles would come to Jesus even out of turn, so to speak. The Syrophoenician woman came and obtained something that was not legally hers to to receive at that point in time, but she trusted in him. Then the Bible tells us about Joseph as uh, as a part of his character, which was a type of Jesus, that he was a goodly person. Joseph's character, it wasn't just a matter of the things that Joseph did. Joseph's works were a result of who he was. Jesus was 30 years old before he ever went into the ministry and spent three years in ministry. He spent 10 times longer working on his character than he did on his ministry. We are always concerned about fruit and the works that uh, that we produce. But the greatest works that you can produce is spiritual character and godly character. Next thing it tells us, beginning in verse 7, and I, I, the problem I've got with, uh, with the message this evening is uh, I don't have time to read the whole story of Joseph. So I'm going to pick little bits and pieces of it, and then we'll talk about the rest of it, and I'm going to assume some things, uh, assume that you know some things that, that uh, I hope I'm right. Verse 7, it begins telling us about Potiphar's wife. It came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, lie with me this point joseph would be about 17 years old i guess but he refused and said unto his master's wife behold thy master my master does not know what is with me in the house and he has committed all that he has to my hand there is none greater in this house than i neither has he kept back anything from me but you because you are his wife how then can i do this great wickedness and sin against god and it came to pass as she spake to joseph day by day she's after him every day as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men in the house that were there within. Well, you know the rest of the story, how she tried to get him to, to uh, go to bed with her, and he refused and ran away and left his coat there in, in her hands. Well, she used the coat as supposed evidence that he had tried to take advantage of her and, and that type of thing. Well, the type here is that Joseph was tempted, but without sin. 
just as the Bible tells us about Jesus. He was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. Joseph was tempted day after day after day, just like we are, just like Jesus was. But he refused to sin. Now, the next thing it tells us is about the the punishment that came upon him. We'll skip down to verse uh, 19. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake after him, saying, After this manner did the servant to me that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all that the prisoners all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made to prosper. Joseph was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, just as Jesus, and there's no mention of any defense that he made, just like Jesus. Now, the thing, uh, one of the things that you need to recognize about Potiphar is that Joseph was a slave. He was not a Roman citizen or not an Egyptian citizen. And as a result, he had no rights whatsoever. The punishment for something that uh, something like what Joseph was accused of would be death, not prison. So that raises a question. Did Potiphar believe his wife? Says he was mad, but we don't know what he was mad about. It's possible that he didn't believe the wife's story. Or it's possible also that he just had such respect for Joseph that he didn't want to have him killed. But either way, Joseph was cast into prison. And in this case, Potiphar becomes a type of Pilate. Because Pilate knew that Jesus hadn't done anything worthy of death. Just like he did. Just like he, meaning Potiphar, did. But to to keep up appearances, even if Potiphar knew that his wife was lying, even if he had supposed that this wasn't the way that the, the, the reality was the way that the story was being told in order to keep up appearances he delivered him into prison just like Pilate did but he won the respect the respect of the jailer you remember even after the crucifixion one of the Roman centurions said surely this was the son of God well Joseph's even a type of that he won the respect of the jailer and he was numbered with the transgressors now beginning in chapter 40 this is a real interesting type of Jesus uh, that Joseph fulfills, or that Joseph, Jesus fulfilled the type, Joseph was the type. And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward of the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued a season in ward. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream, and then one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning, and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of the Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look you so sadly today? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto him, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches. 
and it was as though it budded, and her blossoms shot, shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into, into Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. But think on me when when it shall be well with thee and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me and make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I was in my dream also, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket there was of all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee, And shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from thee. And it came to pass that the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast unto all of his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among the servants. And he restored the chief butler under his butlership again, and he gave the cup unto Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Now here's the type of the butler and the baker. Jesus was a source of blessing to one prisoner, but judgment to another. Just as the death of Jesus is today. The death of Jesus is the greatest blessing that there can possibly be. Because it's the provision of salvation to those who receive. But to those who refuse, Jesus is a mark against them. The rejection of Jesus is the only thing that causes somebody to go to hell. People want to know what is the unpardonable sin. People want to, and most of the time these are believers, Christians that have ideas about, well, I've missed God and I've been so unfaithful to him. Maybe I've just uh, committed the unpardonable sin and now I can't be forgiven. There's only one sin that can't be forgiven, folks. And that's the sin of rejecting Jesus. That's it. Now, there are some sins that, that, uh, that you have to answer for. The Bible says, speaking of believers, it says those that blaspheme the Holy Ghost will have to answer for that in heaven. But answering for it just means they'll have to give an account of why they blasphemed the Holy Ghost. Doesn't mean they'll go to hell. The Bible says some men's sins go before them and some men's sins follow after. That means there are some things that you can do here on the earth that you do have to give an account for when you get to heaven. Doesn't cost you your salvation. It's going to cost you part of your heavenly reward. Are you out there? So for one prisoner... Joseph became a great blessing. But to the other prisoner, he became judgment. The butler was restored, but the baker was hanged on the tree. Now, the baker represents, the baking of bread represents the work of man's hands. Because somebody's got to grow the wheat, harvest the wheat, sift the wheat, grind the wheat into flour, make the flour into dough, bake the the flour into bread, and then serve the bread. It's not like you just go to the store or go to the down to the the corner tree and pick a loaf of bread off the tree. Bread takes work. It symbolizes the work of man's hands. And to the one who's the baker, the one who represents the work of man's hands, Jesus became judgment unto, or Joseph became 
judgment unto through the interpretation of the dream, which symbolizes you can't come to God, restoration, standing before the king who represents God in this case, doesn't come from the work of your own hands. It comes one and only one way, and that's as a free gift. Now, the cupbearer, the cup representing the communion of Jesus, the cupbearer was restored. And Jesus asked the cupbearer something very interesting. He didn't ask the butler because he knew the butler wasn't going to be received back into his place. The butler was hanged on the tree. Cursed is everyone that's hanged on the tree. But of the cupbearer, Jesus asked something very specifically. He said, King James says, think on me. The word think is the word remember. Jesus said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do in remembrance of me. Here's a type of communion that Joseph, that Jesus fulfilled, Joseph's a type of even in prison. Chapter 41, and it came to pass at the end of two full years, two years go by since the interpretation of the dream, that Pharaoh dreamed and behold, he stood by a river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine or cattle and fat fleshed, and they fed in the meadow. Behold, seven other kine or cattle came up out of the river ill-favored and lean-fleshed and stood by the other cattle on the brink of the river and the ill-favored and lean-fleshed cattle did eat up the seven well-favored and fat cattle so Pharaoh awoke and he slept and dreamed the second time and behold the seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk rank and good and behold seven thin ears and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them and the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears and Pharaoh awoke and behold it was a dream And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream. But there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. There are a lot of things that, um, there are a lot of details about this that I really don't want to take time to go into. I don't want to split hairs over some things. But folks, I want you to realize one thing. And that is the theme that, that runs throughout the Bible. And that is... When the world gets in trouble, the only one that can help them are the Jews. When Nebuchadnezzar dreamed his dream, the only one that could help him was Daniel. When Pharaoh dreamed his dream, the only one that could help him was Joseph. And in each case, these are Jews, these are which represent the people of God. The ones who have a covenant with God, the ones who have a relationship with God, the ones who have a, the power of God present and available in their lives. The world needs the the church. That's a representation of the church nowadays, the present day since Jesus has been to the cross. The world needs the church. And the church has the ability to show the world which is the way to go supernaturally. I'm not talking about preaching. I'm not talking about witnessing. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about by the power of God. Now, folks, if God has changed his way of operation then we've got some pages to tear out of the Bible that talk about God always being the same. My point is very simply this. If this is the way that God operated in the old days, why wouldn't he operate like that now? He still wants to. Well, you know the story. This jogs the butler's memory, and he realizes that the only way that he got back in position two years ago was there was a guy in prison that interpreted his dream. So he goes before Pharaoh and says, man, I messed up. I should have told you about this guy two years ago. Here's what happened. He interpreted my dream. 
and it came to pass exactly like you said for me and the baker, you had him killed. If you'll send for him, I'm sure he can help you. So it says, uh, verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. Two things I want you to realize, and that is, at the appointed time, Joseph was delivered. Not before and not after. If the butler had remembered him two years before, nothing would have happened for those two years or until the appointed time. The Bible says Jesus was raised from the dead when you were justified. In other words, he was in prison, captive to the enemy, in the lowest part of the earth, and he was held in captivity there, experiencing all the wrath and all the affliction that came upon him as a substitute for mankind. He was bearing the judgment for all of mankind's sins. And he had to stay there until the job was finished. That's what Joseph is a type of here. At the appointed time, he was delivered. And notice what was necessary for him to stand before the king who represents God. There was a transformation that took place. It says, and then um, they brought Joseph hastily out of the dungeon and he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. There was a transformation that took place just like Jesus was transformed when he came out of the pit of hell. This is a type of the moment that Jesus was born again. The Bible says that he was first, the first begotten from the dead. Well, that can't be physical death because Jesus was not the first person raised from physical death. So it has to be spiritual death. How can you be raised from spiritual death? There's only one way, and that is to be born again. Jesus was born again just like you were born again. He doesn't have a different new birth. He doesn't have a better new birth. He has the same new birth as you. He was just the first one to experience it. And that was the transformation that this is a type of. So what happens is he comes before Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells Joseph his dream. And Joseph interprets it. Beginning in verse 25, Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cattle are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored cattle that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty years blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Here's a type of something that Jesus does and did while he was here on the earth. And still does to the word now. And that is he warned of danger, coming danger. And he urged for preparations to be made. Jesus told the Jews when he was here on the earth of, of difficulties to come, of tribulation to, that was yet to come. The seven years of famine represents the tribulation for the Jews. Tribulation for the whole earth, but it's especially for the Jews. Not that they experience tribulation in a greater degree than the Gentiles, but God still cares for his people, the nation of Israel. So he warned of coming danger and urged for preparations to be made. Then Joseph says, what they, all sh they should do about it? Verse 33, now therefore let Pharaoh look out a, a man discreet and wise and, let, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part 
of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. And that food shall be for a store to the land against the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of Egypt that the land perish not throughout the famine. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and the eyes of all of his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a man as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Forasmuch as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according to, the word, to thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off the ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name something or other. And he gave him to the wife, Ashdenath, the daughter of some priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and he went throughout all the land of Egypt. Joseph is seen as a counselor. Remember the Bible says of Jesus, his name will be wonderful counselor, mighty God. Joseph is the type of Jesus, is the great counselor. And it talks about his wisdom. Now, this is a, something the Bible says over and over again about Jesus in his earthly ministry. Matthew thirteen fifty four it says of Jesus that they said, the ones that heard him, Whence has this man this wisdom? Where did he get this kind of wisdom? It says in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 29, it says that they were astonished at his wisdom and his doctrine. And then in John chapter 7 verse 46, it says that they said of him, never has a man spoken like this man. Joseph is the type of that. So Joseph is exalted He's given authority and he sat over all of Egypt. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he was set at the right hand of God. He was given all authority in heaven and earth. Joseph is given a new name, one that we can't pronounce, but means revealer of secrets. Well, Jesus was given a new name. Jesus was raised from the dead and given a name that's above every name. That at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that he is Lord. Then it says that Joseph has a wife given unto him. Now, this is a Gentile wife. This is a representation of the church. Because Jesus told stories and parables about the marriage supper of the Lamb. He told the parable about the marriage feast where some were ready and some were not. This is, the Bible says Paul uses the example of a marriage when he talks about the relationship between, husband, between the, the church and the Lord. And this marriage was arranged by the king. It wasn't Joseph going out and picking a girl. It was arranged by the king. This was God's plan, a type of God's plan that the church should be part of his family. So what does Joseph do? Joseph goes throughout all the land of Egypt. Verse 46 says, this is a type of the gospel, the word of God, Jesus, the word made flesh going into all the earth. Now, his reign begins with seven years of plenty. This is a type of the church age. When he's operating with authority here on the earth. 
and there's plenty and there's blessing and there's more than enough. That's the type of the believer's reign in Christ in the church age. But there are seven years of famine coming, which is a type of the tribulation. So what happens? Let's pick up the story in verse uh, 53. And after the seven years of plenteousness that were in the land of Egypt, when those were ended, and the seven years of death, dearth, famine became to began to come according as Joseph has said and the dearth was in all lands but in all the land of Egypt there was bread and when all the land of Egypt was famished the people cried to Pharaoh for bread and Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians go unto Joseph what he, do what he says to you and the famine was over all the face of the earth and Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians and the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt and all countries came unto Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn because that the famine was so sore in all the lands. Joseph becomes savior to the world, which is a type of Jesus. Even his brothers came to him, but only during the famine. Now the brothers, remember, are in a foreign land, foreign land from where Joseph is. They're in the land of Canaan. It was the land of promise, but there's a famine there, and they wind up coming to him as well. But that which is a type of and represents the Jews, it says only came during famine. Only to, to which represents the tribulation. God's got a plan for, is, for Israel, but that plan is going to be realized for the greatest part only during the tribulation period. Now, when they did come, when his brothers did come, you remember the story how that Joseph recognized them, but, he, but they didn't recognize him. When they did come, they wanted to pay for what they received. And Joseph kept returning their money, kept putting their money back in the bag which is a type of the attitude that the Jews have today. And not just the Jews, but specifically the the Jews would be included. And that is they're trying to work their way to God. Salvation can't be earned. It can't be paid for. That's what this is a type of when Joseph keeps returning their money. It has to be a free gift or not at all. He knew them, but but he was unknown by them or to them. He showed them deliverance through substitution. Now, here's something in chapter 42 that's, uh, that's really interesting. I want you to see this. Acts chapter 42, let's start reading. This is when the jo- his brothers come to him, and he's questioning his brothers. The Bible says that he dealt roughly with them, spoke roughly with them, accused them of being spies to begin with. You remember the story. Finally, he makes a deal with them that he'll let them go back if, uh, if they'll bring Benjamin. But he wants an insurance. And so it says, beginning in verse, uh, chapter 42, beginning in verse, mm, let's start in verse 14. Joseph said unto them, that is it that I spake unto you, saying, you're spies. Hereby shall you be proved. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come hither. Send one of you, and let him fetch your brother, and you shall be kept in prison, that your words may be proved, whether there be any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. And he put them all together into war for three days. And Joseph said unto them the third day, This do and live, for I fear God. If you be true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. Go ye, carry corn for the famine of your houses. But bring your youngest brother unto me, so shall your words be verified, and you shall not die. And they did so. Then they said one to another, We are verily guilty concerning our brother. 
in, what, in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. This is the only place where the Bible talks about Joseph's reaction to their plan to sell him into slavery, or either, well, first to kill him, and then secondly to sell him into slavery. It says that they wouldn't hear the anguish of his soul. Verse 22, and Reuben answered, saying, answered them, saying, Spake I not unto you, saying, Do not sin against the child, and you would not hear? Therefore, behold, also his blood is required. And they knew not that Joseph understood them, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. So he hears what they're saying in, in Hebrew and understands everything that's going on. And he turned about from them and wept and returned to them again and communed with them and took from them Simeon and bound him before their eyes. Now, what, jo- what this is a type of, Joseph is showing them deliverance, but that deliverance comes through one of their own being bound and held in prison. Here's Joseph fulfilling the type of Jesus through keeping one of their brothers in prison. Now, folks, you need to understand something about this. Jesus knew that the Jews wouldn't re- would reject him and wouldn't receive him. Jesus knew. It wasn't a surprise to Jesus when the Jews rejected him. He knew it was going to happen. He knew that's the way it was going to be. He knew it was the way it was going to be before he ever chose uh, or elected to come to the earth and be a man. He knew what was going to happen. He might not have known every day-to-day detail, but he knew the Jews would reject him. He knew the Jews would deliver him into the hands of the Romans. He knew that both the Jews and the Gentiles both had to be responsible for his death if he was going to be a representation and a substitute for their for the salvation of the world. He knew these things. And so he knew also that the Jews would reject the New Testament. The reason that these things are types and shadows in the way that they are is so that the Jews could find their Messiah in the Old Testament, in the book of beginnings. That's why these are types and shadows. Not just for us to see, oh, wow, isn't it cool how Joseph fulfilled so much of what we see Jesus doing when he came to the earth. I think it's interesting, and I'm glad it's there, but it's really not there for you and me. It's there for the Jews to see their Messiah. So he showed them deliverance through substitution. And finally, they come back. They kind of give up on Simeon for some period of time until their, their corn runs out and they have to go back because they're going to die if they don't. So they come back with Benjamin. And Joseph makes a feast for them in a strange land, which is a type of what the Bible says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. He's talking about the church age. It's a representation of the church age. He provides for them, makes a feast for them in the place where they think they're hated. Now, in Acts chapter 7, there's, a, um, there's an interesting statement that Stephen makes. Stephen is uh, um, preaching to the people just before they stone him and kill him. And he talks about, um, well, let me start in verse 9, Acts chapter 7, verse 9. It said, And the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. And delivered him out of all of his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all of his house. Now there came a famine over the land of Egypt in Canaan. 
and great affliction, and our fathers found no sustenance. But when Jacob heard that there was corn in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. Now, verse 13 is what I want you to see. He says, and at the second time, and at the second time, this is the second time that his brothers appeared to him. There's no question about that. But it says, at the second time, Joseph was made known to his brethren, and Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. The Jews rejected Jesus the first time that he came. But they'll know him the second time. They'll know him when he comes back in power and great, great glory. But is that the only place there is for the Jews? Is that the only place there is for Israel? No. There's another type that's made. And that is when, Je- when Joseph reveals himself to his brothers and shows himself to be a man of compassion, true compassion, he salves their, soothes their concerns about revenge or whatever that they would expect him to, to return upon them. He does something that's very significant, and that is he sends them back for Jacob. He sends people for Israel so that he can deliver them too. God's going to make a place for Israel so that he receives him unto himself. And the last thing about the story that we'll go into is that when Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, his father, comes to him, Joseph settles his family in a land of their own, which is God's plan for the nation of Israel too. We've chosen about 23 types to point out the uh, types that were fulfilled by Jesus in the life of Joseph. And we could stay here all night and go to the rest of the hundred. Time after time after time, it talks about Joseph being a type of Jesus so that the Jews can see their Messiah. It doesn't mean they will, but they can. Jesus said that the law and the prophets speak of him in every book. He told the Jews that throughout the Old Testament, throughout the the law of Moses, Genesis being the foundation stone for it, he said everything was written about him. The life of Joseph certainly is. It's a type of Jesus and his deliverance. Joseph provides for his family for decades in a strange land. That's certainly true of the Jews. They spent decades most of their history in a strange land. Only recently have they come back into a land of their own. And still the world fights them over it. Thank God for what Jesus did. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you so much for what you've done for us. We thank you for the privilege that we have to be a part of your family. We thank you that we're in those seven years of plenty now, Father. That period of time known as the church age where we operate under our king, the son of God who has been given authority in the earth, heaven and earth. We thank you, Father, for the privilege that we have to use that name. We thank you, Father, for the power of the Holy Ghost that enables us to be an answer for the world in the midst of their problems. Lord, I pray that we would be more sensitive 
to the work of the Spirit of God, that we'd be more sensitive to just how much you want to show and manifest your power through us to reach others. Thank you, Father, for doing great things in these last days. We see your hand at work, even though it might not be the way that we think that, that you should do things, or maybe not even the way that we would want you to do things. We see that you're doing all things well, and you're bringing things in line to fulfill exactly what your word says would be done. We thank you, Father, for the privilege to trust you with our futures, knowing that you're working on our behalf and that you have our best interest at heart even more than we would. Lord, we pray that we would be a people of godly character, sensitive in spirit, to know your voice and quick to yield to that which you direct us to do. In the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you to send the rain. Awaken the church worldwide to who we are in Christ and send the rain that the glory of the Lord would sweep in multitudes into the kingdom of God. We thank you, Father, for giving us boldness to speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of the holy child, Jesus. It's in the rain, Lord. Outpourings of the Spirit. Revelation gifts, power gifts, and utterance gifts in operation. Send the rain, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. If you can agree with that, say amen. 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 Well, praise the Lord. This concludes Stories of Genesis. Thanks for being with us. God bless you. Have a great week.